0: Good morning and welcome everybody, you're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and...
1: mine. good morning Lyle, how's it going? Mm,
0: I'm going great, Mom.
1: Yeah, i
0: great month Yeah, how come? Oh, there's fog outside.
1: There's a lot of fog outside, isn't it?
0: We haven't had that many foggy years, days this year.
1: Yeah, we haven't had many foggy years, have we? No, we haven't, <laughs> not many at all. <laughs> No, there hasn't it's been been many.
0: a while since i a whole year of fog and
1: this sort of like lingering fog too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's fog before we get here.
0: Fog is amazing. It just makes the most amazing photographs in the morning. It does. You can do incredible things with fog.
1: Just softens and diffuses. Yeah, everything. adds a
0: sense of mystery, yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. when yeah. you've got some deciduous trees like the ones outside. They just look better in fog when they've got no leaves on them. It just They're makes kind
1: of... life more exciting, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I love I love driving into fog. Like when you're coming down over a crest and you can see a cloud of fog and you're about to go into it. It's like. Hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Yes, I wonder what uh, car there might be uh, in the middle of the road. A friend of mine was driving um, (coughs) to catch the school bus. He was, um, I think, probably drastically underage at the time, but uh, this is as you do. He was driving the the paddock basher down the the road to catch the school bus and running late, and, um, yeah, found a car stopped in the middle of the road, (laughs) locked up the brakes, but, of course, being the paddock basher, the brakes only worked in the front left-hand wheel. (laughs) So he skidded off into the left, tried to correct, understeered, then oversteered, <laughs> snapped right, oh no. and rolled it on the middle of a straight stretch of road. Right. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, went to the neighbor, called his dad, you know, this was back in the day, of course, mm-hmm. um, before mobile phones or anything like that. And uh, it's like, yeah, I've... I've um, I've run the car into the ditch. Can you come and turn me out? (laughs) Here it is, upside down Down. in the
1: ditch. (laughs) Yes, if you ask it to drive you in the fog, feel free to pull over and stop, but don't stop in the middle of the road.
0: This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Stay tuned. Josh Garrels with Pilot Me here on Faith FM. We are going to have our first clue for the quiz. What do you got for us there, Mon? First one coming up for today. Oh Ooh,
1: yes, yes. Okay, this is a what creature am I quiz? Mm, uh, clue number one. According to First 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty nine, men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, and birds have another, and I have another. Lyle knows the answer, I don't think the only reason is because you remember we did this one like last year sometime. (laughs) Because remember, you have been confused about it back then. You were like, what is it talking about? There's no other species left after those. (laughs) I remember that very well. Give us a call if you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number, 1-800-324-843, or you can text your answer 0491-064-669.
0: There you go. If you know the answer, if you were listening uh, a year ago when I was confused over it, then you might remember the answer as well. Give us a call. 1-800-324-843. Okay. What have we got for uh, positively different news this morning, Mon?
1: Oh, I have such a heartwarming story for you, Lyle. Um, have, have you ever been to a funeral where there's like, hardly anybody in attendance? Mm-hmm. They're just the saddest funerals ever. I feel. I honestly feel like if I died and, like, no one came to my funeral, I feel like I'd just live my whole life as a failure.
0: Well, you could do what Herod the Great did. What did he do? Uh, when he died, he ordered the execution of, like, a thousand Jews or something or other so that people would mourn.
1: <gasps> That's horrible. I would never do that <laughs> <while>. <laughs> What on <end? laughs> No. That's well, not going to yeah, happen. This is a
0: solution. It would increase the number of people that it's, were... Yeah, um,
1: mourning and also hating. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's been some pretty terrible people around the world, hasn't there?
1: Yeah, well, this is um, this is a story that's. Uh, it kind of starts off a bit sad, but it does end up really lovely. Uh, so, a 67 year old veteran uh, has pa- uh, passed away recently uh, in the states. A war veteran, and um, he didn't know many people. So his name his name is Wayne Lee Wilson, and uh, his funeral service was shaping up to be very small. Maybe just maybe just 10 people, and uh, the service was being orchestrated by Brown. Funeral Home and Cremation Service in Nile, Michigan. And uh, and one of the mortuary's interns, a young fellow named Drew uh, Michael, he felt compelled to honor, um, you know, the, he was a, a, a Vietnam War veteran um, by inviting additional people to the memorial service. And so what he did was he put a notice in the local newspaper and, uh, and publicized the funeral and asked re- readers to stop by the service it just happened uh, a few days ago, and uh, he was absolutely stunned at how many people showed up. Mm. Over 3,000 people. What? Over three, And people came from interstate. People came from Michigan, Iowa, Tennessee, Indiana, and Florida. Florida arrived to pay their respects. And um, and like a lot of people didn't even know this guy. They, they turned up and they said, Do you know what? He might not have been family, but I'll be his family for the day. It's just so beautiful. Um very
0: special for, you know, those 10 people that would have been there.
1: Oh, incredible. And can you imagine imagine like if you'd just been able to whisper to him as he's passing off there's going to be three thousand people at your funeral. <laughs> I could be like, "Hang on a second, let me not die just now. <laughs> I got some questions. Who are these three thousand people?" <laughs> um, but yeah, and and, uh, and there is a
0: lesson in that, though, isn't there?
1: Oh, absolutely. That there
0: are lots of lonely people in our world that we can make a difference in in their lives right now while they're still alive. Yeah. If we can make 100%. the effort, if we can make the effort, do an interstate trip. To go to somebody's funeral, let's make the effort to make an interstate trip to go and see somebody who's lonely.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred. And this is great. Like three thousand people. Like it's just, it's mind-boggling. It not only tells you that there are lonely people, but there are people who are interested in helping cure loneliness.
0: And there are a lot of really good people in our world. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that you shouldn't be scared to reach out if you need a friend. Just reach out. There's going to be someone who, will, who will come to your funeral, even if they don't even know you. Um, So Drew Michael, the intern who who was, you know, astounded by the response, he said it was unlike any other funeral I've ever been to. This this one was very uplifting, and just had the message of "you are never alone," Mm. which we as Christians understand that you know we're never alone because we have God, we have Jesus. But another beautiful thing about um, you know being a Christian is the, the community that comes with that. And you truly are never alone. So, yeah, this is a beautiful story. I really like this one. 3,000 people uh, turning up to a stranger's funeral. Um, i got another little, little little wartime one, Lyle. Uh, this is a, coming from a, a, some, a soldier who and his family were posted to a naval base in Japan, in Yokosuka. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and that when they moved in, <clears throat> they decided, him and his wife and their little kid... She Had a newborn baby. Uh, decided that they are got to make friends with their neighbours, and so they set about uh, delivering, unfortunately, beer but uh, a six pack and chocolate to each of their neighbours, and um, including a, an elderly gentleman by the name of Hiroshi Yamashita. And so uh, <laughs> they just you know they just delivered chocolate and beer and just said, hey, we're new in the neighbourhood. Yeah. We're from we're from overseas. We're not nice locals. thing to do. Yeah, you know, just wanna you know, make friends. Just say hey, we're new. You'll see us around, and uh, yeah, a few. When hours. When
0: was this? What era? What was this? Recently yeah, or this, long time ago? This or? was in
1: 2013. Okay, yeah, yeah, because it has an update, and mm-hmm. it did go viral back in 2013. But there's now an update on this story. Uh, isn't this isn't this the kind of thing that most people
0: should do when they move into a neighborhood?
1: They should, but nobody does anymore.
0: It's kind of sad. We did yeah. when we moved into our place. We um, we had a housewarming party and invited our, our, all of our neighbours. It was great. It was fantastic. It was
1: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely something that we should do. Um, and I think a lot of people want to do it, but in the stress and the fray of moving in and getting everything done, like there's no time to bake cookies. You know, the usual thing is bake cookies for your neighbours. Anyway... And I think also like people don't pay attention anymore. Like they don't notice when someone moves into their neighbourhood. Because not only should you like introduce yourself when you get to a new neighbourhood, but you should be able to notice when someone moves into your neighbourhood and go say hi. But uh, people don't pay attention anymore. Yep. Um. Anyway, so a few hours later, the elderly gentleman uh, Hiroshi uh, he visited the family and presented them with toilet paper, stuffed animals for their daughter, and a note. <laughs> <laughs> and the, oh, the note said, um, I can't speak English. Thank you for the present. My name is Hiroshi Yamashita. I am 52 years old. Am divorced. Live alone. Thank you for your friend operation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it was written in English?
1: He, so he'd used an app.
0: Yeah, you're translating and, a translating app. translating app. It failed him a little.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, it did.
0: As, as they do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he, apparently his mother... Years ago, had dated a, a, an American Navy officer, okay. so he had, he had like one or two words that he knew. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and people were wondering whether he was referring to Operation Friendship. Do you remember Operation Friendship? That was when the US, uh, that was the, the name of the US response to the 2011 earthquake in Japan. Okay, but so it could have been that uh, it could have been the app, and uh, but they were so they were so thankful for the heartfelt note that they actually you know took a picture and posted it on social media, and it went viral. Um, this is in 2013, so six years ago. And, uh, they've recently been asked, uh, for an update Hmm. and what's been blossoming. And, uh, and so sure enough, they now have a daily chat. They've been learning Japanese. He's been learning English. So every morning they have a little chit chat and, uh, and the best picture is a, is a photo of their little daughter, uh, lying in her crib, and her crib is full of toys. Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> and all of them are from Mister Mister Hiro. I don't even know his name, but they're all from his for their neighbour. Isn't that nice? Over the years, he's just kept bringing little presents for her as she's grown up. So yeah, Mister Yamashita, there it is.
0: He has a, a little adopted American granddaughter.
1: That's it. That's it. So yeah, lonely no more. Um, you know, he's lived alone. He's divorced, but just, just all it takes is some friendly neighbours. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, much. you
0: need to do it. You yeah. need to do it. Get to know your neighbours, and and that's the only sensible thing to do, really, because your neighbours are the best people to, um, you know, y- y- your neighbours are people. They see what goes on in your place. They can provide a certain level of security. They, you know, if your dog gets out, they, um, you know, can keep oh, an eye on find things. Him if, if they have you know, to. <laughs> house catches on fire or something. Who knows what it might be? You need to be on good terms with your neighbours, and just from a very practical perspective. So take the time. Um, invite them around for a meal or drop some, you know, bake some cookies if you're going to do the old-fashioned way. Bickies, we call them here. And, uh, if you can't
1: bake, just buy a box of little chockies.
0: Yeah, box of chockies. Well, what these guys do? Chockies and...
1: Beer. Well, not beer. Ginger beer. <laughs> yeah, ginger- there you go. There you go. Ginger beer. <laughs> a bit of Bundaberg special. <laughs> yep.
0: And, uh, and just stop by and say hello.
1: Yeah, that's all it takes. It Change take somebody's much.
0: life. Change your own life.
1: That's right, yeah, exactly. We love our neighbours. Our Our
0: neighbours are all awesome. We have some great neighbours. I could tell you all about them.
1: I wish I knew my neighbours better. We did bring them leftover cake one time. Yeah, and that went down pretty well. At first he was like, I don't like this, but then he ate the whole plate in one sitting, so. (laughs) (laughs) Actions speak louder than words. Yeah. This is Tim Moore with Come Go With Me and This Little Light of Mine. Stay tuned.
0: That was Tim Moore. Come go with me here on Faith FM. Let's have another clue for our quiz. nobody's got it yet. Let's what see critter am I? Someone can get it from here.
1: I came into existence on the fifth day of creation.
0: That's kind of like a lot of things. Well, that's way more obscure than the first clue.
1: Well, it narrows it down because the first clue like mentions a bunch of creatures, so it can't be. Yeah, all you clues. have to do with
0: the first clue is go look up the passage. Yeah, but if you missed it, you missed it. You should have been listening. Listen up close. Anyway, what's happening around the world today? Let's talk about this. Uh, this is a pretty serious story coming out of uh, Pakistan. Oh yeah. And uh, one of the major problems that you have in this region of the world—Pakistan, India, uh, Bangladesh, and so forth—is um, the emergence of um, well, the use of abortion for gender selection.
2: Oh, what?
0: So often within these cultures, you've got you know a major, you know, the, the birth of a of a daughter is a time for mourning similar to, you know, uh, what you would have at a funeral. I Super gutted to have a daughter. Uh, it's, it's, it's just the culture. Uh, it makes zero sense, I know, but it is the culture. And so with modern technology, of course, parents are able to determine the sex of the child and if the child turns out to be a girl, they'll often have an abortion, which has resulted in about 70 million single men because there is just yep. simply not enough women to go around Um, which has created um, a horrific uh, situation in society where you have um, a lot of men who are just incredibly lonely. Uh, You combine that with the free availability of pornography and you have a lot of violence against women, a a drastic increase of violence against women. Uh, But a new phenomenon that's starting to come out now is the kidnapping and forced marriage of girls.
1: Oh, he's serious.
0: And this is something that's taking place in Pakistan, which is, of course, predominantly Muslim. And they have a number of minorities that live within their country, such as uh, Christians and Hindus, and they have become fair game. Uh, So what's happening is that they've been kidnapped, uh, married off to Muslim men often. And this is the other compounding factor, is that uh, within Islam, of course, um, you're able to have more than one wife. The average around the world is that, you know, you, you basically get 50% of births are male, 50% of births are female. But this throws that out again and so it creates a higher level of desperation amongst uh, young men. And um and, and so, you've yeah, you've got this. It just compounds the problem.
1: This is what happens when humans try and mess around with what God said. Exactly. It, it just it creates an, a, a little problem. Like it's a bigger problem and an ongoing problem and then it creates a catastrophe. That's right. Just leave it alone. God created a perfect system. Stop messing it up. It's that simple. Ugh.
0: It is a very simple formula that the Bible gives, but it is a formula and so many people criticize you in know, the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. It is the commandment that gets criticized more than any other commandment.
1: How about just thou shalt not murder? Like stop having abortions. It's never would have happened yeah. if you hadn't a for some reason placed higher value on men than women and started killing off baby girls.
0: Absolutely. This is
1: like,
0: and you see this happening, and yet there's all the feminists who get out there and, and, and support abortion. Right, exactly. And, you know, this is um, a, a practice that is, you know, wiping out their gender, uh, particularly in, in these parts of the world. Anyway, so what's happening is that, um, yeah, Hindu and Christian girls from poor castes where uh, where they have uh, no birth certificates are uh, being kidnapped and married off to Muslim men. And then when it goes to court, it's like, no, this is not a kidnapped marriage. This was a forbidden love situation. Oh, whatever. And so they're being thrown out of court. And, uh, of course, you know, they, they go after poor families because poor families are unable to afford, the afford to go legal. to court. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they've got no birth certificate because often they claim, you know, these girls are 13, 15 years old, whatever. This is an illegal marriage. That's their that's their legal way of trying to rescue their daughters. But with no birth certificate, the guys know that they're, they're home and hosed uh-huh. and safe and sound. Oh, it's disgraceful. Um. Yeah, so that's a. Uh, that in, in Pakistan, they estimate that at least a thousand young girls per year are being kidnapped oh into no. forced marriages. Um, and all credit to the Sindh province. Okay. So the Sindh province in Pakistan, um, which has a government that is made up of both. Um, Two groups within the within the, the governing power of this particular province, one which is uh, moderate Islam, and the other which is actually hardcore Islam. They came together and they unanimously passed a law banning the practice.
1: Amen. So Praise this is Lord. really good
0: news. So all credit to these guys, and may the rest of Pakistan follow, follow suit. suit. Yeah. Um, you know, Imran Khan, you might be a great cricketer, but you need to do some great things in your country. Yeah, amen. and this is an opportunity to Absolutely This is an opportunity to do some great things in your country right yeah. here because this is a this is a major problem that needs to be solved. With fame easily. comes
1: responsibility and this is somewhere where you can step up to the plate.
0: And you can make a name for yourself. You know, you stop something like this, you will make you, you stamp something like this out, you'll make a greater name for yourself than winning the World Cup.
1: Yeah, you're actually affect history in a way that's useful. Yeah, you want to
0: be in the history books as a hero?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's an opportunity right here. Yeah. Uh, stand up and make a really, really strong stand on this practice and you will put yourself front and centre in the headlines. And, you know, of course, this is a country that wants to have closer ties with places like the United States. You know, you want to have those closer ties. You want to build friendships across, you know, in, in a culture that's quite different to yours. This is a way that you can be a hero.
1: I'm surprised that Pakistan, like, like is abortion illegal and people are just doing it, or abortion is legal?
0: Well, it's one of those grey areas, isn't it? You mm. know, right through the um, the whole subcontinent, um, it's just, but, you know, it, 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 it's readily available, put it that way. Okay. Readily available. Anyway, so that's um, that's a fairly serious story that uh, we need to be um, thinking about and praying about the people in Pakistan. Um, of course, the heat wave continues in Europe.
1: Oh, yeah. Update me on the heat wave. Okay,
0: so France hit 42.6. Ooh. Germany hit 41.5. Belgium and Holland, they broke records as well. And the UK hit 38.1. So all of those countries breaking Scotchless. all-time records.
1: And I hate to ask. Like, this is a bit morbid. But what's the death rate at?
0: Yeah, well, in France, they've only recorded five deaths. As oh, a result praise of the record. Lord. Yeah, they've done well. Yeah. They've done well. Yeah,
1: they were prepared this time.
0: Um, but what is interesting is that the past four years in Europe have been the hottest on record. Oh, really? So they've broken their records four years running, and, of course, now this is the fifth year that they are breaking records. Not only are those records being broken, but ice cream sales are up by 60%, <laughs> 62%, and... Kiddie pool sales are up by 400%. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> so a few other
0: records toppling there um, across Europe as they try and deal with Australian weather.
1: I hate to see what happens when their electric bill comes in, although they're conditioning. <laughs> well,
0: they had to shut down some of their um, electricity generators because the generators were creating water that was too hot to be able to re-release into oh, the environment. It was serious. going to boil the rivers. Whoa! And of course, you boil the river, you kill everything that's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they had to uh, <laughs> they had to shut down some of their power their um, power generators.
1: They just—they need a couple of Westfields and then they'll shove everyone in the Westfield.
0: Every, every, yeah, but they seem to they seem to solve it quite well in a lot of these places. They'll just turn up the local fountain and jump in.
1: Yeah, that's it. Just jump in the fountain, go to the movies because they're all icy cold at the movies. <laughs> Watch The Lion King.
0: Or just, you know, be an Aussie and drink lots of water and deal with it. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You know, just deal <laughs> with right. it, guys. Keep drinking water. Keep just drinking keep water. drinking water. Slip, slop, slap.
0: While you drink water, you are not going to die when the temperature is in the 40s. Yeah you I might be uncomfortable. I think but we to invite the
1: Europeans over to Oz in the summertime. We'll we'll put them through their paces, give them Maybe maybe we should training. maybe we
0: should uh, yeah, maybe we should do that. We how to teach them how to survive only, on a 40 degree not day? Not only how
1: to survive but to thrive and enjoy it.
0: Embrace it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, go to the beach. Get <laughs> munched by a shark.
0: <laughs> do they have that many some of those countries Switzerland doesn't have beaches.
1: No, nah, but it's, it's got nice icy mountains. Yeah, like, like they should, just yeah, climb they it, should be fine. They, they can climb a mountain yeah. or jump Could in the lake. A there's
0: heap. lots of yeah, lakes there. Heaps so a lake. Go jump in a lake. Yeah. Okay, that's a good solution. We've solved it. We we have. <laughs> All right. So what else we got here? Eighty uh, percent of pig farmers in uh, Australia are out of business. Oh why? Uh, because of there's there's only two still sale yards are still operating regularly. Um, like Forbes is down from six hundred to two hundred uh, pigs per sale in six months. Oh. Um, price of um, meat is down from eight kilos to three dollars eighty. Imports. Oh, I was going to say surely we're not. Stopping it's not food. people stopping eating eating uh, pork. It's uh, it's imports. But it would be great if it was. That's you know, concerning. people stopping. It is concerning. Um, but of course, uh, pork is one of the most um, you know, if you, dangerous flesh meats. Because your
1: meat has to, to travel, there's eat, always so higher risk of disease. Yeah. I mean, not that it stopped with the with the current uh, listeria breakout with this uh, smoked salmon, because that was Tasmanian smoked salmon. So
0: yeah, that's right. And of course, Cadbury's brought out sugar that chocolate has thirty percent less sugar in it. And they have maintained the texture and the flavour along with it. So that's can, pretty incredible.
1: Can someone please send me a block of that?
0: Yeah, you have to get it from the UK. They're not selling it in Australia. UK How weird is that?
1: Send us 30% less sugar and chocolate. We please. want to try
0: some, see if it's any good. Anyway, this is Anna Beden.
3: Of our God
4: To 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And we are continuing our correspond- correspondence Sorry, here at the Faith and Science Conference in Currumbung, New South Wales. And across from me, sitting sitting here with me, is Dr. Ross Grant. How are you? I'm doing well, Lawson. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you're a speaker here at the Faith and Science Conference, and that's mm-hmm. because, obviously, you are a, a doctor, some kind of expert in some kind of field uh, mm. to do with something, mm. with creation. So can you tell us just tell us a little bit about that?
5: Yeah, so my background is in the life sciences, so uh, clinical biochemist, biochemical pharmacologist. Mm. So my expertise is really understanding more about, uh, you know, those Pathways, those
4: enzymes, how things get oh, yeah, made okay. within the body itself. Nice, yeah. and so you're just a part of that. And, then, and now you're a Christian man as well, correct? And uh, you're here, uh, I guess, representing some part of uh, of creation science and, and, and presenting that to to us in this conference um, to to help the the to, to help us all better understand how that sort of fits together. Well, the question that I'm yeah, I mean, the, the
5: question that I'm really interested in in helping people understand, and my, my role is to help people understand the issues and clarify those issues, and so I mm. guess the, the main question is, that's, uh, is whether or not the evidence is so compelling, particularly the mechanism for the development of life and we'll talk about some of those theories yeah. shortly, but whether that mechanism that's put out there is so compelling that we should adopt that and even adopt that into Christianity or at least our view of Christianity. And it's interesting that, yes, there are a number of faiths that have done just that, but before you do it, I mean, of course, uh, you know, you need to make a good look at it and see, A, whether or not the evidence is enough in order for you to adopt it. And second of all, if the Bible is your foundation, as Christians say, well, then how does that match up with what the Bible is actually saying?
4: Mm, that's a really awesome perspective to come from it's sort of this thing of let's let's find out the truth Hmm. let's let's see the evidence let's put it all together and i I guess you know you said uh you you mentioned there the the theories and the philosophies that different people have um before we get into those philosophies i just want to ask you you know when it comes to the origin of life what are, the, what are the main questions people have about that? You know, what, what is the sort of thing that you're trying to deal with? Well, the two
5: main questions that come out of that, number one, people have always asked, where did I actually come from? Mm-hmm. So what actually made me? And of course, along with humans, along with everything else in the world. And then the second thing is, do I have purpose? In other words, is there some purpose mm. here? And then that's tied up with ethics and tied up with morality and all of those kind of things that intuitively people think, well, I have a purpose, I want a purpose in life. And, of course, there is a sense of morality. I have shoulds and shouldn'ts. But where, how did I get here? What was the cause for that? Because all of those somehow had a significant impact on the answering of, of uh, the question of purpose, at least, and, and morality.
4: A mm, 100%. And so from there... There's, there's a number of different philosophies that people have to, to answer those questions. Yeah, And I was just wondering if we could just sort of do an overview of those different philosophies, some of the different things that are, that are pervasive uh, in this world. You know, although this is Faith FM and, and you and me both have, um, I guess, an opinion or, you know, we have our own views. Um, there are many people listening and many people around the world who have many different views that um, are endorsed by different lifestyles and ways of living. And so, yeah. it'd be good to go over and see go over those particular things and see them so what what are the different philosophies that people have look broadly the categories
5: are either there is some intelligent origin to uh-huh. life or there is a completely Random, or well, I should say that there is no intelligence engaging in life and therefore it usually falls down to being some kind of a random process or a process that derives purely from uh, the mechanics of, of, uh, of the physics that are there, the physics of the universe itself. Mm. And so they're, they're really the two positions. And then if you have a look and say, well, uh, if it came from uh, some kind of intelligent orientation, then you've got a few options there. Mm, In terms of mechanisms (laughs) that that would
4: be used. Yeah,
5: Yeah, what what actually initiated that? Was it the way God uh, says in in Genesis 1 and 2 uh, that God feared, created out of nothing a very short period of time. Then you've got those who say, yes, God created, but he started the process. And then you have this evolutionary process continuing on for many millions of years. And then you have the uh, progressive creationists, which will say that, uh, yes, God started it. But because we know that there are gaps and we acknowledge those multiple gaps within the fossil record, God created many times throughout Mm. that to assist that process along.
4: Wow, that's a really interesting uh, different perspectives to come from I want to start though um, I, I guess we could sort of move across the scale um, mm-hmm. starting in you know your sort of Non-theistic, um, mm-hmm. non-intelligence-based mechanisms, and they're moving from there and, and and sort of finishing off with creationism and just doing mm-hmm. a, an overview of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's start from there. What what would you say is the the sort of the the first place people go in terms of a mechanism for for non-intelligent life-based creation? creation?
5: Yeah, look, in the first instance, there's a couple of, well, there's, there's multiple issues, but to start off with, if we take out of uh, the equation, if we take any kind of intelligent uh, engagement at all within, a, uh, within the origin process, then we have to assume that the laws of the universe themselves somehow have engaged, cooperated in a way that mm. actually will produce some degree of complexity. Yes. Now there would be nobody who actually understands the human system that would argue that we are not an extremely complex organism. (laughs) So clearly if we've started off with just, uh, you know, dust in the universe, and that's even just saying, okay, well, that's moving outside of the, the sort of metaphysic of how did you actually get the laws in the first place, but let's just assume that they're there. The first thing that you need to get to, even before you get to any kind of uh, um, random process of evolution uh, and and the natural selection element, you've got to get the first cell. Yes. And in fact, before you even get the first cell, you've got to get the first molecules that are going to make up the cell. And uh,
4: we really don't have enough time to go
5: into any of that detail. Well, that's
4: fine because we've actually done an interview with Dr. John Ashton about that very thing.
5: Okay, good. So he's given a lot more detail in that regard. So there are huge problems with actually getting those chemicals to get together Mm -hmm. that actually ultimately make up what we know as cells that are currently available now, which have RNA, DNA, and uh, the carbohydrates that are associated with uh, uh, and the proteins that are associated with actually the way a cell works, with the cell membranes and phospholipids and all sorts of things. So ultimately to get all of those packaged and moving and working, and in fact, you know, that there's there's such a degree of what we would call irreducible complexity that none of those molecules there is no mechanism that's been currently put forward. That is uh, defensible, really. Mm-hmm. There are lots of people with lots of ideas, and they will go a certain way. You can get left and right hand molecules, and I'm sure Dr. Ashen talked about these. Um, but unfortunately, none of them actually get you to anywhere near the degree of, of complexity for what we have identified, even as scientists, as to be the first possible self replicating cell, and we need to get there. Mm-hmm. But even once we get to the first self-replicating cell, which has a genome, which itself is just mind-bogglingly complex, and, and the uh, the statistical probability of that exceeds the probabilistic uh, yeah. uh, capacity of the universe. But even once we get there, in order to go from that single cell up to this extremely integrated complex organism we call the human being, not to mention all of the others that are out there, is again just... it it, it is beyond the stratosphere to try and understand what that statistical improbability is to the point of impossibility. Mm -hmm. If it is a purely non-directed process, and this is the challenges that are well recognised by scientists who work in this area, the challenge is to find a mechanism that will actually get get us there. If we look at survival of the fittest... You know the best ep- explanation for that, or the best way to describe that in relation to uh, uh, evolution, is what we would call a microevolutionary process, in the sense that it is able to select from genes that already exist, but it doesn't actually add particular mm-hmm. genes. And uh, as you will have heard, I mean, from from uh, a number of presenters, the um, the capacity of a random mutational process. To produce an increase in complexity, even if you get um, you know gene doubling elements of, of of mutations on top of these kind of things, and that sort of remodeling that 's necessary, uh, there has been no example uh, that is available to anybody while there might be some element such as uh, you know, mutations for sickle cell anemia for example which can reduce the the likelihood of being infected with a with a, uh, a malaria parasite and so that you get some survival advantage and there are countries in you know uh, Africa etc where where there is an increase in the population because of that it's actually a deleterious um uh, mutation in terms of the ability of the the red cell membrane to maintain its yes. integrity, so you don't transfer uh, oxygen as efficiently. And these are the kind of things that are out there, and, and they're nowhere near the type of uh, uh, building complexity that is necessary in order for us to get to an organism which is ultimately us, with all of its what certainly looks to be a pre-planned process when you realize that we actually started all of this from the genetic material contained in one single cell as the two gametes got together and the zygote ultimately developed in utero to something that ended up as us
4: wow so it's yeah so that's the current challenge that i guess coming from a from a you know a a non-intelligence-based um, evolutionary kind, of, kind yeah. of mindset. That's the challenge that they're facing. Yeah, that's what we're trying to produce. We're trying to produce something that does that. Now, yeah. how did that incredibly complex thing get there?
5: And, you know, I mean, there, there, there is no currently mechanism put forward that mm-hmm. can get anywhere near that.
4: But then we take the step into now you know intelligence based mm. philosophies of life mm. um, into something for example as, as theistic evolution and now that word theistic evolution would answer that question it would say that oh well that first cell was was made by God yeah it was the first cell it was made by God as self replicating yeah but then it went from there yeah and I just want I just want to sort of think about that for a little bit what what does that what does that mean um for us i guess not only as christians but what does that mean about you know oh well as christians what does that tell us about god what does that tell us about life like it's it's a really interesting thing to sort of to to sort of blend those two worlds where you see that Scripture itself, the Bible, is, is very foreign from that concept and, and evolution in and of itself is very foreign from God. Where, where, how does that intersect and how do people make sense of that? Yeah, Lawson, that's, the, that's one of the key things in the last couple of minutes that we have. The first thing to
5: remember is that there is the huge problem mm-hmm. and now that problem needs to be solved. People are still trying to solve that without any kind of intelligent input at all, mm-hmm. but there is no mechanism for that. So the next jump is on both sides. One will just go, well, I have faith that ultimately somebody will solve it in a uh, naturalistic way, and therefore Mm -hmm. they still hang on to that. Wow. The other side is, well, we have faith that actually there is an intelligent being that actually initiated that because that would seem to be the best option. And then a couple of options go after that. One is one that's based on the biblical text, which will say, well, the Bible has actually given us a pretty clear indication of how that works, which is not an evolutionary process, but is actually more a fit creation process. Uh Same designer, ultimately designs a whole ecosystem which includes many different types of animals and organisms that all work together. And obviously the foundation for all of that being the DNA, RNA, which is shared across the board, naturally enough because it's an ecosystem that needs to be able to swap all those bits and pieces as they feed and all the rest of it. And then you've got another group which goes, well, actually that could be true, but I kind of want to hang on to the evolutionary side but I want to put God in there. Mm. Now the sad thing is well, uh, 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 sad is only—that's my view. But in in the sense that that doesn't actually fit with whether the way the biblical text talks about it. Yes. So it is actually yes another faith-based view, uh, and it is faith-based view without support in the biblical text. Mm-hmm. But if people want to choose that, then as long as they're choosing that, recognising how it actually fits uh, with with the Bible. So it's hard to sort of imagine that that can be a truly Christian
4: view yeah. if that view as, as a Christian is currently understood, which is actually based on the Bible. That's actually really interesting because, you know, in that melding together, you're kind of watering down truth from both perspectives at, at that point. It's either better to be completely evolutionistic in your view and completely, you know, naturalistic that this had to happen by itself or it's, you know, the other view, the opposing view is that God did it all in in a six-day creation and then putting those together, you're kind of just watering down objectivity to feel comfortable. And I think that's that's where people get lost. (laughs) Yeah,
5: and and that, that would probably be more consistent with where I would see the logic of it, mm. uh, and coming from a position where, uh, uh, you know, as a graduate student, I was certainly convinced that evolution was true, wow. uh, until I investigated it with significant more, uh, more depth. But certainly, as a, as a, when I believed in evolution, I could see that, from my perspective, that was completely incompatible with the mm. God of the Bible, mm-hmm. and therefore, as much as I valued the, the principles and the ethics of the Bible, uh, I certainly couldn't continue to be a Christian in that regard.
4: Wow, so it's it, that's so interesting. It's just you know, in a, we've been talking a little bit about this with some of our other present, presenters. You know, science versus fact versus interpretation versus truth, and how I think it just leads us down one path or, or the other. You know, we need to you know if we want to be honest with ourselves, we need to go down there. But and Lawson, I'd just add with
5: that, yeah, and, and I agree, and I think with anybody who's who's asking these kind of questions, mm. in my experience. God is very, he, he will honour a person who has an honest pursuit for truth. Wow. And as long as that's what we're after, and we don't allow other agendas to sort of get in the way, then I believe that the ultimate goal, we will all get there. And I don't even have to tell you how to get there. Just be an honest searcher for truth, and ultimately, I think you will be led to uh, a loving God man 100
4: percent well coming up after this is our uh encounter with god our bible study time and if you have any questions about this kind of thing give us a call 1-800-324-843 and um there'll be some amazing people at our studio who'll be able to to answer that for you but thank you so much for your time ross Pleasure. and um yeah we're going to continue on with our correspondence more great programming coming up after this
3: sea ever there's a wind in my sail, but I have a friend who watches over me when the breeze turns into a gale. Bring me low But it cannot bring of the wind Oh let Jesus calm your storm And let the sun shine again He is the master of
5: the wind
1: You're listening to Faith FM Positively Different Radio
0: I'm Pastor Brendan from Harvey Seventh Day Adventist Church and I'd like to personally invite you to worship God with us each Sabbath. We start off with Bible study groups at 9.30am then hold our community worship service at 11am. We also organize groups that meet during the week to connect, eat and study the Bible together. So if you're looking to be part of an encouraging Christian community come and join us. For more information you can call me on 422 896 553 that's zero four double two eight nine six double five three.
6: My work is all done And my race is run Let me see By the light thou hast shown That fair city so bright Where the Lamb is the light Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, Lord, take my hand, hand. lead Lead me me home. home. Help me stand. stand. I am tired, I am weak. My hand. Precious Lord, leave me home. Just take my hand. Precious Lord, lead